Thank you, choir. The key movement is when the king separates those gathered in there into two groups, the sheep and the goats. The sheep he places at his right hand and the goats he places on his left. And he invites the sheep to inherit the kingdom prepared for them from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now... We heard just a moment ago that this confused the righteous ones. And they asked, when were these things to us, O Lord? When were you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needy or sick or naked or a prisoner? And Jesus' reply was, when you did it to the least of these, to the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And after saying this to them, he addresses the others and orders them to into the fire awaiting the devil and all of his minions because they did not feed the hungry or give something to drink to the thirsty or welcome the stranger or clothe the naked or visit with the sick or the prisoner. They did not do for the least of these and they did not do to Jesus. I don't know about you, but frankly, I think this is a troubling vision on many levels. One of the, which is, in, is the idea that in this passage, Jesus is bullying us into caring for the poor. The poor that will always be with us. It also seems on the surface to be leading us toward the false idea that what we do gains us the kingdom. Or gains us salvation, if you will. However... I believe that this is a liberating passage, and let me tell you why I think that way. Let's look at something that's, in, that's being held in common by both groups. If you look closely at the text, you'll find that both the sheep and the goats are surprised when Jesus reveals that he was represented by the various groups that we are asked and called to help. However, the difference is in the heart of the response. The folks represented by the sheep are doing these things out of love. Remember what Jesus said the greatest commandment was? That you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you are to love your neighbor as yourself. The sheep were responding to the needs of their fellow man out of love, not out of obligation. The goats, however, responded out of obligation. They grudgingly did some of these things, but love of God and love of neighbor were not connected to their actions. There's an old Irish legend about a king who had no children to succeed him on the throne. So he had his messengers post signs in every town and every village of the kingdom inviting qualified young men to apply for an interview with the king. This way the king hoped that he'd be able to choose a successor before he died. Two qualifications especially were stressed. The person must have a deep love for God and he must have a deep love for his neighbor. There was a young man who saw one of the signs, and he indeed had a deep love for God and neighbor, and he felt a kind of inner voice telling him that he needed to go apply for an interview. But the young man was so poor that he didn't have decent clothes to wear to an interview. He also didn't have any money to buy provisions for the long journey to the king's castle. So the young man prayed over the matter. 
And he finally decided to beg for the clothes and the provisions that he needed. And when everything was ready, he set out on his journey. One day, after a month of traveling, the young man caught sight of the king's castle, sitting high on a hill off in the distance. But about the same time, he caught sight of a poor old beggar sitting by the side of the road. The beggar held out his hands, pleaded for help. I'm hungry and cold, he said in a weak voice. Could you give me something warm to wear and something nourishing to eat? The sight of the beggar moved this young man. He stripped off his warm outer clothes and exchanged them for the tattered old coat of the beggar. And he also gave the beggar most of his provisions. Most of those provisions he'd been carrying in his backpack for the return journey. Then, somewhat uncertainly, he walked on to the castle in tattered clothes and without enough food for the return trip. And when the young man arrived at the castle, the guards met him at the gate and they took him to the visitor's area. After a long wait, the young man was led in to see the king and he bowed low before the throne. And when he straightened up, the young man could hardly believe his eyes. He said to the king, You, sir, were the beggar beside the road. That's right, said the king. Well, why did you do this to me? asked the young man. And the king said, I had to find out if you really did love God and neighbor. And then the king told him that he had proved himself worthy and was the new heir to the throne. And you can imagine what kind of a surprise that was. Responding out of love of God and neighbor should be our response. But what happens when we pack the food boxes and hand them out, but in our hearts we harbor resentment toward those that we don't think are doing enough? Remember the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? If I speak in the tongue of angels and mortals but do not have love, I am just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all my possessions... And if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Well, what about the words from the prophet Micah? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? The main point that I get out of this passage about judgment is that we put ourselves in danger when we judge others, either for the predicament in which they find themselves or for their response or lack of response to those in need. If we love the Lord with all that we are and with all that we have and we love our fellow man as we love ourselves, we will feed the hungry, give the thirsty something to drink, welcome the stranger and the immigrant, clothe the naked, care for the sick and visit the prisoner. And we will do it not not out of a sense of obligation, but we'll do it because the love and grace that God has shared with us is overflowing. We will do it because we are living into our calling as disciples of Christ. And friends, the difference is liberating. Mother Teresa ministered to the untouchables of Indian society with such care and compassion. And someone once asked her how she was able to find the strength to carry on. And her reply was that I see the face of Jesus in all the people that I serve. What an attitude to have. Seeing the face of Christ in everyone that we meet. 
that means that we must seek the face of Christ in everyone that we come in contact with. Once there was a little boy who wanted to meet God. And he knew that it would be a long trip to where God lived, so he packed a suitcase full of Twinkies and cans of root beer, his two favorite foods, and set off on his journey. He'd only gone a few blocks when he passed an older woman sitting on a park bench and just sitting there staring at some pigeons. She looked sad and lonely, so the boy went over and sat down next to her. He opened up his suitcase, took out a package of Twinkies and offered it to her. She gratefully took it and smiled at him, and her smile was so warm and wonderful that the boy wanted to see it again, so he offered her a can of his root beer. And once again, she took it and smiled at him. The boy was delighted, and the two of them sat there all afternoon, eating Twinkies and drinking root beer and watching the pigeons without saying a word to each other. And as it grew dark, the boy realized that he'd better get started home and got up to leave. But before he had... Uh, Walked more than a few steps, he turned around, ran back to the older woman and gave her a big hug. And she gave him the biggest smile of all. When the boy got home, his mother noticed how happy he, he, he was. and So she asked him what he'd done all day. And he told her, I had lunch with God. And you know what? She has the most beautiful smile that I've ever seen. And meanwhile, the older woman returned to her home. And her son also noticed how happy and contented she seemed to be. And so he asked her what she had done that had made her so happy. And she said to him, I sat in the park and ate Twinkies with God. You know, he's a lot younger than I expected. By seeking the face of God in all the people that we meet, then I believe that we'll see a change in our lives as we respond in love to the needs around us. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. It's always a reality that critiques my well-honed comfort of my own savedness. My quick dismissal of the world as that place of sin removed from my reality. My acceptance that, after all, the poor will always be with us. For Jesus doesn't simply disappear into the sweet lilt of lapping deer, the gentle litany of whispered prayer, or the warmth of the icon who forever caresses the lamb affixed safely to the wall of the Sunday school classroom, fastened securely, never challenging, but always poised to mollify in a too often violent and horrific world. Yet as much as I might desire that these be the places where Jesus remains carefully confined, he instead ventures into the lives of the most broken, the most damaged, the most forgotten. Those little nobodies that are so often shut up, shouted down, and kept out. I was a stranger. I was sick. I was in prison. I'm an illegal. I'm someone with AIDS. I'm the one who does the unthinkable. I'm the Christ. I'm the King. But then, in the most amazing of occurrence, if I dare to go there, to that place of hopelessness and human devastation, to that place that is often the point of my own creation and my own neglect, if I but dare to go with all my limitations and fears and prejudices, I discover it's not healing that I bring, but healing that Christ brings to me. 
especially in those dark and lonely places of my own despair. I had no right to expect it. I've done nothing to deserve it. And yet, in a bowl of food offered to a starving child, I too am saved. Goat that I am. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. May God's blessings be yours.